Welcome to the VoiceOver Insider free podcast, a service, of course, of Julie Williams' free VoiceOver Insider. For industry news, tips, and information, be sure to subscribe at www.voiceoverinsider.com. I'm Paul O'Connor, here to introduce our host, Julie Williams. What's coming up on the podcast today? Thanks, Paul. Our guest in this podcast is Jonathan Tilly, a very, very well-known voiceover artist based in Germany, but known worldwide and very well-known in the U.S. and Canada as well. What he has taught at some of the top conferences in the world is, is about marketing and getting your lists together. And, you know, the important thing we need to do, let the people know we're out there so we can get work from them, right? And he's got another twist, another book that's come out. And Jonathan, I'm really excited about this because this is a topic that I don't think anybody has addressed as far as I know. <laughs> That's very well put. Thank you so much. And, and thank you for having me on the show. Um, yeah, this thing of, of failure, you know, of, um, of learning how to embrace the F word failure, learning from our mistakes, asking ourselves, what can I learn from this? People don't really address it. Um, and it just sort of happened that I came into this idea of, of, you know, talking about failure and writing a book about failure for creative people. Um, and not until... Not until I got to the point of releasing the book and, and really talking about it, people started to say, you know, nobody really talks about this stuff. So I think I've hit a nerve. <laughs> yeah. Is there a particular failure that made you address this topic? Um, geez, um, not really. I mean, I mean, what, I, I wish I had a better answer than that. <laughs> there was no one specific failure that I said, oh, you know, I really have to share this with with everybody um, around me. The, the reason why I, I dove into this topic is because, you know, whatever I'm teaching my branding, my marketing, you know, learning how to build your list, um, I always get asked, I mean, no matter what, what I'm talking about, whether it be branding or marketing or whatever, I'm always getting asked this one question. Yeah, but Jonathan, what if I fail? I feel like I'm an imposter and there's like all these police cars driving by. I mean, I don't know if you can hear that in the background. <laughs> Um, You've got police cars. I've got a dog. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so, so there's this thing of people just doing my courses and, and working with me one-on-one or in groups and about talking about one topic. And there's this other topic that kept coming up. And I just thought, you know, geez, maybe I should take some time and just sit down and sit with failure, ask some people, you know, what's your take on failure, and then go from there. And it turned into this two-year stint of asking 2,000 people, you know, how they describe failure and success and gathering all this research. And now I finally put it into, into a book. So do you find that when people redefine failure, they can deal with it better? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, we dance around anything that we don't like, right? I mean, you, it's so easy to be like, oh no, 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 I'm fine. You know, oh, let me change topic, you know, but, but when you actually sit down and, and work through it and just say, okay, I'm failing right now. So, okay, nobody's died. There's no, um, there's no uh, apocalyptic force of nature. There's no tsunami. There's no tornado. I'm, I'm in the process of failing, or I see that I'm going down the road of, of failure again. Okay, let's turn that baby around, head ourselves towards success, and maybe not repeat that pattern again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, um, I think you have to sit with it and be like, oh my goodness, I, I actually am failing at this, or oh, wow, I failed at that, and that pattern's happening again, so let me sit with it and see how I can, here they come again, the police, um, uh, <laughs> see, see how I can deal with that and, and make sure that it doesn't happen again. You know, one of the things that I've had to learn in my life in regards to failure is that 
not doing something right the first time or, or not being good at something is not an integrity issue. And I would beat myself up over failing at anything I failed at. And we are, nobody is going to succeed at everything. Oh, 100%, 100% agree with you. Nobody's going nobody's gonna to su- succeed at absolutely everything they, that they do. And I think failing is so important in the learning process. I mean, I'm a huge fan of, um, of the show uh, Ninja Warrior. Do you have that? In the, I think you have that. I think it came from the States originally, where the, you have these parkour people jumping over these obstacles, and if they yeah. miss, they fall into, into the water and everything. <laughs> and yes. it's the, I mean, these, these are like, on their off days, they run a marathon. I mean, these people are experts in their field. They're, they're so physically fit, right? And the, these obstacle courses are built for, for these people to fail, you know? And, and they've fallen into the water and everybody goes, oh no, you know, too bad that they didn't make it. But you see their, their journey through, through the obstacle course and where, where they, you know, fly through it and where they have troubles. And, and when the person does make it all the way to the end, which doesn't really happen that often, you know, we're all, all excited for them. But when somebody does fail and fall into the water, they go, hey, I did my best, you know, and you have this crew of the audience applauding you along their way. And I just go, okay, these people that are athletic experts in their field, they're failing on public TV. Like, yeah. Yeah, millions of people are watching them fail, and I think that's such a great attitude to have. You know, like they're going to do their best, and they've trained really hard. And you know, next year they'll they'll come back and do it again, and hopefully get go further with it. And I think that's such an inspirational message. I mean, especially as voiceover actors, you know, you send off that that one audition, and you cross your fingers, and you hold your breath, and you don't hear anything, and then for three months later, you're sad. <laughs> guys like get over it there's three million other projects out there that you can go for but you're holding yourself back because you're like oh i didn't get it i didn't get it of course you didn't get it it was you up against a thousand other people the chances were one in a, one in a thousand yeah. and by you not continuing forward and and auditioning for a couple of the things you're you're purposely holding yourself back because ego got in the way Yeah. You know how I approach auditions? It's like, well, first of all, I go and I read it as if I am going to get this thing. I read it with confidence. And if I don't feel it, I can the audition. Then I I read it with confidence, just knowing I'm going to get it. And then I send it off just knowing I'm not going to get it. I go on with my life and I don't check to see if it got listened to or... Or, or even give it another thought. Because again, you know, there are a million other auditions you have to get to. And if you ask me, you know, I might be able to tell you what I auditioned for today, but I don't remember what I auditioned for yesterday. Exactly. You, know? <laughs> you just, you have to go on with your life. And uh, Bo Weaver told me one time, he said, you know, uh, you do the job and then you forget about it. And then one day you get a present from the mailman, you know, when the check comes in. Exactly. Like 100% correct, you know, and I think especially in voiceover, the turnover is so quick. I mean, there is no other industry that I know of, at least, where you can wake up on Monday morning and be like, okay, my schedule looks like this. And then Friday at six o'clock at night, you know, it's going to be completely different. Right. And you're going to be auditioning for this, that, and the other thing. And it's so fast paced. I mean, I used to be a, a musical theater performer in New York City. And if you had five auditions in one day, that was huge you're running all over the city it was it was mayhem you can have five auditions within a half an hour as a voiceover artist you know we have technology to use as our advantage so let's use it let's take advantage of it and let's audition as much as we can give give our best to what to what we do and 
in those in those auditions where you go like, you know, I'm just not feeling it. I think that's a good sign to listen to your intuition, listen to your gut, and say, you know what, I'm going to pass on this audition because I want to save more time to do to focus on the auditions that I really think I have a better chance at. Right. You know, um, Mary Kay Ash was the founder of Mary Kay Cosmetics, mm. and she has a saying that I absolutely love: "Fail forward." Yes. Uh, because that is just like you know, using that failure to either go into a different direction or succeed in a different way in that direction. But how do we apply fail forward so that these failures that we all will inevitably have can enhance our lives or our direction? Exactly. I mean, and you, you just touched upon, you said two words that I want to I use in my explanation. You said fail forward, the word forward, and you said direction. Mm-hmm. Moving forward, taking action. I see so many creative people just sitting on their butts, just waiting for the perfect job to land in their lap. And then they go, oh, it's not working. I'm, uh-huh. And they need a kick in the ass to actually move, to actually take the first tiny baby step that all the pros have taken like at 8.05 till 8.07 on Monday morning and it's done. You know? And I think the main thing that I see a lot of creative people not doing is not taking action. Yeah. So for you to fail forward, you need to move forward. You need to take action. And that action might be right, it might be wrong, but let me tell you, nine times out of 10, most people aren't taking action. So you're you know, 1,000% going forward um, while everybody else is just, is just hanging out, afraid to move forward. And you're probably gonna make a mistake, but you're probably gonna learn from that mistake and never make that mistake again, and then move on from there. So just keep moving forward, keep taking action. That's what I would say. I can totally relate to that, that whole feeling of being debilitated um, from moving forward because of intimidation. Um, mm. I, I tend to procrastinate things that I'm like, I'm not a very great, I mean, I can do what I need to do for my business, but I'm not like a tech expert. And I mm-hmm. used to do webinars all the time. And I had this guy that helped me with them and he did the technical part and I did the content part and the interviews and all that. And then he left. And then for a long time, I didn't do them anymore. It took me months and months and months to get to figure out through Zoom how to do this because I put it off. I procrastinated because it was intimidating to me. And then when I finally did it, oh, it was like a, a disaster. <laughs> it was like, it was, you know, I had to, I gave everybody <laughs> compensation for, you know, attending this webinar. It was so bad, you know, and then it took, mm-hmm. took a few more tries, um, a few more attempts at, at doing yeah. um, webinars, you know, uh, uh, sample webinars and stuff like that, just to get the system down. But it's very, very difficult sometimes to even get started when there's something you're intimidated about because you're afraid of failing. Tell me about fear of failing publicly. Uh, What will other people think of me if I try and I don't succeed? Yeah. The best piece of advice that I ever got, I used to be um, a musical theater performer in um, lots of different shows over here in Germany, uh, Cats, 42nd Street, Dance of the Vampires, of course, Line, and Mamma Mia. I was dance captain of Mamma Mia and then became um, assistant associate choreographer for Mamma Mia for the German, Spanish, and Russian productions. Um, for a good part of the 2000s, I was the go-to guy over here in Europe for anything to do with Mamma Mia. And the best piece of advice that I ever got within, I think, the first three weeks of rehearsals when I was just starting out with Mamma Mia from the choreographer's assistant was, and her name is Nicola Traherne. I send her a Christmas card every year. Um, and whenever I'm in London, I visit her. She gave me the best piece of advice that I've ever heard. And I, I think I put it in the book as well, which she said, you're going to fail. 
you're going to be running a rehearsal. You're going to tell the dancers to do this move and it's really wrong. Everybody's going to be like, no, 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 no. Um, it's this way, right? You're going to have 30 people tell you that you're wrong. Um, they won't, they won't applaud when you do everything right. They will jump on you when you do something wrong. So she said, the only thing that you can really do is to say, oops, sorry. Okay. Let me go back. Right. So I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know what you mean. You know, in theory, I totally get it. You know, I'll totally do that. So, but when I was, when I was in the throes of it all, you know, she had left and, and I was setting up the, the show on my own and I was failing left and right. I was just like, oh, geez, I can't remember that step. Um, I think it's this. And then somebody would say, no, it's this. I'm like, oh, okay. And I felt that pang of failing in public, right? That, oh, that thing that we, that we all have nightmares about, right? Mm -hmm. And then I took on Nicola's advice and I just took a deep breath and I said, oh, let's go back. Sorry about that. Um, my mistake, right? And I took it back and I said, oh, I just need one second to figure this out. Oh, what was I thinking? It's not on the left foot, it's on the right foot, silly me. Let's continue on, but this time on the right foot. And everyone's like, okay, great, you know? And then after, and, and it just breezed over. Afterwards, a good friend of mine that was in the cast said, Jonathan, you know, most dance captains at a position like that, especially a couple weeks after the, the choreographer's assistant leaving, would be a stick in the mud, would want to be stubborn, say, no, 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 I'm going to do it this way. And then the entire cast is mad at you for like the rest of the contract. Mm -hmm. But you just brushed it off, went with it, you know, leaned in the, into the vulnerability and was courageous enough to shrug it off and, and say, oh yeah, okay, sorry, my mistake. And let's go on from here. And she said, I don't know if you know this, but we all gained your respect. We all were like, oh my God, yeah, okay. I also make mistakes too. Just like Jonathan, great, I have more trust in him. I was like, really? That's what happened on the other side of that? <laughs> She's like, yeah, totally. So um, now whenever I make a mistake in public, I just laugh it off and I go, oh, sorry, give me a second. Um, oh, sorry, it was this, not that. And people are like, oh, okay, great. So I think this fear that we have of, you know, the night sweats or when we have nightmares of, of you know, embarrassing ourselves in public, I think if you just call a spade a, a spade and say, oh, sorry, I made a mistake. Let's move on from here. Let me, let me figure it out and, and let's move on together in this. You gain so much respect and trust from the people that are watching you because that's what we want to see. We want to see the human side of you. We don't want to see the perfect repli replication of the perfect person that you are. We don't want to see Barbie dolls and, and Ken dolls. We want to see the authentic you. And the authentic you has a couple chips and, and marks and edges on it. And that's the beauty that we want to see. What happens when we blow it big time? I mean, big time. And we have to deal with the client after that. Okay. So give me an example. <laughs> okay. All right. So here's an example. And I'm a, a little bit embarrassed to tell you this, but it is a failure that I did. Uh, probably was partly the client's fault as well. Huge, huge e-learning project, right? New client. She's an e-learning producer. So she sends me the script and says uh, that, that she needs a demo of this, you know, by tomorrow. And I'm like, okay. So I go through it. I, it's, it's not on the top of my list because I have voiceovers I need to do and they come first. This is, this is an audition. It's a demo of this, right? And so I take a segment of that that's a really good one. I do a segment and I send it on. And then the client is very upset because she's running out of time and I didn't do the whole job. It turned out it wasn't an audition. It was a job. It was module one of a huge e-learning project. And I misunderstood and thought she was asking for an audition when she was asking for the whole job. And I had to go back to the client 
and explain to her, I am so sorry. I mean, I lost her, her client, because mm. I misunderstood. Now, it is true that I do this all the time. It wasn't really clearly stated, but the bottom line is I misunderstood this whole situation. How would you have handled that? I know oh you might goodness. not have gotten yourself in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you speak, you're speaking about like a month ago, a very similar thing happened to me also. Um, and I did exactly what you did. You know, I said, oh my goodness, I'm so, so sorry. I didn't realize uh, that this was the actual job, not a casting, um, not an audition. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I leaned into the vulnerability. I was like, I'm so sorry. How can I, how can I fix this for you as soon as possible? You know, um, and, and some, sometimes, you know, the client's going to be pissed off or sometimes the client's going to, going to be like, well, I just lost my client. You know, there are things that happen, um, that you have no control over. You know, what you can control is, you know, the time that you invest or not invest in this case. Um, but, but you realize that you made a mistake. I, I can't tell you how often I see creative people go, yeah, well, you didn't tell me this or you didn't tell me that or it's your fault. And, and they try and push the blame on somebody else when they know that it's, that it's their fault. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, just saying a, a heartfelt, I'm sorry, let's try to fix this. We're in this together. How can I help you? Yeah. That's worth its weight in gold, you know? Yeah, and and I, I can't believe I did this is worth its yeah. weight in gold. Yeah. I can't believe I did this. How can I help you? How can I fix this? Um, let, let's work on this together, you know, and however the, the client reacts, I mean, that's, that's their responsibility. That's their job. You're responsible right. for the energy that you bring into the room, right? So right. If, if the client is going to flip out, let them flip out, you know, but don't take it personal because y- you made a mistake, you know, plain and simple. You apologize. That's the best that you can do. If the client is, has at least, at least a half of half of a heart, you know, it has at least a little bit of, of compassion. They'll be like, okay, let's work this, let's work this through. Let's, let's try and figure this out together. Because really it's easy the, the lesser of the two evils is for that client to be like, Julie, you know what, let's, let's work through this because by the time I find somebody else to fill this role, it'll be even later than it is now. So mm-hmm. let's work through it. You know, I mean, I, I hope that's what happened um, for you. <laughs> <laughs> we're, talking because... to, uh, we're talking to Jonathan Tilly, who is a voiceover expert, voiceover talent, globally recognized, and has just written a book on failure for voiceover talents and, and how to deal with it and, and how to avoid it. And when we come back, we will talk about what happened in his situation and what happened in mine. All right. We'll be right back after this short message. Julie Williams has been a voiceover coach for decades and has helped thousands of talents to launch a VO career, refine their VO performance skills, develop winning demos and marketing plans, and market themselves in voiceover. She's taught all levels from beginners to voiceover coaches. But don't take our word for it. Let's hear what some of Julie's actual students have to say. Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Back when radio was still fun in Houston, Julie Williams came to me to help her put together her very first demo. And now, decades later, who do I go to for the tips and tricks of the trade and the direction and coaching I need? I go to Julie. After just one lesson with Julie Williams, I learned so much. One lesson. Old dog, meet new tricks. She's not just a great voice talent. She's a great director. And after all, we really need that, that voice in the back of our head that says, no, this is better this way. This is a winning way. This is what I've learned. That's what she gives you. So go to Julie, listen to her, 
Do what she says, so you too can perform to the best of your God-given ability. Julie isn't just a teacher who teaches during your time together. She's a coach who guides you through every step of your career according to your specific needs. You can find out more about Julie Williams Coaching at juliewilliamscoaches.com or by emailing her directly at julie at juliewilliamscoaches.com. And now a few final words from Julie and her guest. Welcome back to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast. I'm Julie Williams with my guest, Jonathan Tilly. We've been talking about failure, and believe me, yes, failure does happen to everybody, including both of us. In fact, recently, um, each of us has had uh, a, a very similar situation that we just described where there was a miscommunication, and we thought we were getting an audition and didn't do the entire project when in actuality it was we were being hired for, hired for a job. And I want you to, uh, to take note that... Jonathan and I have been doing this for decades, so it's not like we don't know the difference between when an audition or when a job comes in, but it just, you know, not to blame the client, but it wasn't stated clearly enough. It was just vague enough that we assumed the wrong thing. So, Jonathan, what happened in your situation when you went back and said, oh, I'm so sorry, I can't believe I did that? <laughs> so, um, the situation is, is similar in the fact of there, there was a miscommunication, um, but uh, the the client sent well he, he said that he sent me uh the job uh on wednesday and then it was friday when he got in touch again um and he said yeah um this is friday uh, i was just wondering did you get my email um about the job that i sent you on on wednesday that we need on monday morning at nine and it was friday at, at the end of the day 5 p.m i was like Oh my goodness, just completely speechless, like stuttering. I called him immediately. I'm like, wait, wait, okay. Um, email, what, did, did you call me before? Did, is this a casting? Is this a job? Like I had no information, none. And he said, yeah, I sent it to you on Wednesday. I'm, and I'm breaking out into a sweat now. I'm like, I'm so good with my emails. I'm so good when, when somebody calls in. Like, why am I not finding this? And I said, dude, I am so, so sorry. I cannot find this anywhere. Um, I checked in my spam folder. I'm like, is there, a, I, I can't find anything. Did you even call me before? Is this a casting? Is this a job? And it was a long e-learning job, just like you were saying. And he's like, uh, yeah, it's like a 50 minute long e-learning project um, that we sent to you on Wednesday and it's Friday now. I'm like, what email address did you send it to? And then he, he said the email address. I'm like, dude, that's not my email address. Ooh. And I said, did, did, did you, did you, you can hear me now. I'm stuttering. I'm stuttering because I was just like so discombobulated. I was like, okay, you, you didn't, you, you, you sent it to the wrong email address or not my email address at least. Um, did, did you call me? Did you leave a message? Oh no, I didn't call or leave a message. I was like, geez, you know, it's a huge project and you didn't hear back from me immediately or at least two days later, you didn't hear anything back. A, a call would have maybe made this a little bit quicker, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that, that is you know, putting the blame on him too, though, isn't it? Yeah, and I, and I was just like, I, I wish I had known about this, this because I, I'm completely, this is the first time I've heard of this, and, and I wish I could help, but I'm actually leaving in a half an hour to go away for, for a vacation over the weekend, and I won't be back until Monday at 9. And he's like, oh, geez, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, I, I could, here's a couple of options. And I said, just like I said before the break, you know, I'm so sorry this is happening. It wasn't my fault. It was, he, he completely screwed it up. But I said, I'm yeah, so sorry yeah. this is happening to us. 
how can we figure this out together? You know, and I said, probably the lesser of the two evils is that we push the deadline back for, for your end client a little bit so I can take care of this on Monday morning and I have time to do this on Monday. It's not a problem. Instead of you having to find somebody to do this over the weekend because there was this mishap. What yeah, do you think? Yeah, yeah. And he said, you know, yeah, that's a good idea. Let me get in touch with the with my client and see if, if that's okay. Um, and um, and of course he started to to you know put the blame on the end client, saying, yeah, they want it really fast, and da, 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 da. that's why I'm all flustered. And I was like, it's totally fine. We all make mistakes. You know, we'll we'll figure this out. You know, and that took the the pressure off from him. But um, but it was so interesting to see how we deal with these big, big mistakes. And, and, mm -hmm. and I think when, you, when ego gets in the way, then that's when things can get really not very nice. But if right, we just right. lean into the vulnerability and say, listen, let's, I'm sorry, you're sorry, let's try and figure this out and make the best, um, the best out of, let's, let, let's turn these lemons into lemonade as, as best as possible and as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I did the same thing with my client. I really feel like she did not express it well, you know, because mm. after all these years, I think I know when I'm being hired or given an audition. Um, but yeah. I just said, I am so sorry. I misunderstood. I thought this. Um, and, you know, we, we did end up losing the client. You know, I said, is there anything we can no. do? And she said, you know, we did. She did end up losing the client. But then she said to me, you know what? Things like this happen. And then she said, I look forward to using you next time. So awesome. we won't be working for that client, but this one who produces them will be coming back to me. I don't know how that happened. Maybe she realized that she didn't explain it well enough. I did not say that. Uh, I just said, I misunderstood. I didn't give her any of the blame at all. But yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was actually shocked. I mean, I was coming yeah. back to her with my tail between my legs because I was legitimately totally. sorry that she lost a client. I did not expect her to say she will work with me again. I expected her to That's say amazing. she will never work with me again. But you know, sometimes a little bit of humility does uh, get good results like that. Oh my goodness, totally. And I mean, don't you agree? I don't want to say don't you agree, but the, the, this is what I see in, in, in my business is that the more that you build you know, those customer relationships and, and the more that you build that trust with your clients, it, like they just send over text and they don't even yes. <laughs> describe yes. what they want. You know? And I think part of being a voiceover artist is also being a mind reader. Mm -hmm. because you don't really, they, they don't, the, the client is, or the agent is in such a hurry that they don't always remember, like, like you had said in, in this situation, to say if this is a, an audition or, or an actual job and, and stuff like that. I, I remember one time somebody sent over text and I was like, great, okay, so I'll just wait for your go. Mm -hmm. And then she re replied back to that until a day later. And she's like, oh, that was my go. I was like, oh, 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 oh okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> she just sent over text, you know, and I was like, what should I do with, okay, okay, great, wonderful, you know. Um, and, and I think you, you do have to be a mind reader and, and also be humble and use your humility and say, geez, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. I didn't understand what, the, what you exactly wanted. Let's right. figure this out together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes if she had just hired me, I would have been another voice that she hired. Yeah. She might've loved what I did and hired me again and used me regularly or whatever. But now because of the positive interaction that came out of it, we built a yeah. little bit more of a connection between us, even though we lost a client. And I think that I will be remembered better in the future. 
And oh my goodness, you can yeah. be darn sure I'm going to clarify whether it's an audition or a job in the future with her. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay, Jonathan, in our last few minutes, tell me um, a synopsis of what people are going to learn in the book and also where they can get it from. What is the name of the book? The name of the book is called Embrace the F Word Failure. And if you go to embracethefword.com, you can download not one, but two free chapters of the book and also buy the book directly. If you do buy the book, you'll get the audiobook, a workbook, um, 50 hours of interviews with top creative um, experts in their fields talking about failure, just like what we are now. All for free if you buy the book. It's my gift to you. 50 and, hours um, as in five zero hours? Five zero hours of me wow. chatting with lots of different creative people, um, experts in their fields like Randy Thomas, like Lori Allen, um, and that's just in the voiceover realm. There's also lots of uh, photographers and graphic designers and everybody in a creative field. Just we're sitting down and just talking about failure and how we deal with failure. And very similar interview to this where we're talking about, you know, what's one failure story that you had and how do you deal with it? And how much yeah. is the book? The book is twenty nine ninety five. Okay. And we go to what embrace was the F word Jonathan exactly. Tilly, embrace the F word.com. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> Thank you for awesome. joining us today on the voiceover insider podcast. You're very, very welcome. Thank you for having me. Very enlightening. This is, this topic is something that we deal with uh, at all levels in our career. I, I just, I don't think it ever goes away. There will be failures and the need to deal with them and we can all fail forward as we grow. Thanks again for joining us. And we'll talk to you next time on the voiceover insider podcast. We're glad you were able to join us today. Feel free to email Julie with any questions at julie at juliewilliamscoaches.com. We'd like to thank our editor, Morning Joy Lynn, who can be reached at morningjoy at voeditor.com. And of course, thank you for listening. Till next time, I'm Paul O'Connor, along with Julie Williams, wishing you prosperity in all you do.